I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. It is TRB Reviews. It's an episode where we review movies, TV shows, and lots more. It's time to chat about episode six of Star Trek Picard. Now, here's the deal. These are spoiler reviews, so do as Locutus says. I am Locutus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Your life as it has been is over. From this time forward, you will service us. Let's rock it! Now here's the deal. Locutus speaks the truth. You're, from this time forward, you will service The Real Brian Show. <laughs> I'm the Real Brian. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Captain Influence. Hey, Real Brian. How are you today? How are you doing? Not bad. I can't complain. That's good, man. Well, I know it's been a, a stressful day for you, so let's let's talk Star Trek Picard and relax. Yeah, let's decompress. Decompress, decompress man. Decompress with the Borg. And and what was really... Oh, my gosh. Lots of Locutus in this episode. Uh-huh. Even one of the Borg saying, hey, Locutus. I'm like... Yeah, that was funny, oh, by the way. Was I was awesome. like, really? Yeah, well, you know, I get hey, it. Look. He went, he went, Locutus? Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> no, that makes sense, though, because they would all know each other. Yeah, but, I know, but just the way he said it, uh, it sounded <laughs> yeah. so like locker room, like, look, you like. It's like Bob? Phil? Bob? Yeah, Bob? Phil? <laughs> Phil Connors? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Locutus? Locutus of Borg? <laughs> Bing! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Ned so. Ryerson. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> let's just get started with what did you think of the episode overall? In general, I, I I wasn't as thrilled with this episode, and okay. I think what it was was uh, the, it it did it did um, push the story along, which I really appreciate in a series that's only ten episodes long, uh, or a season that's ten episodes long. Uh, so there were no filler episodes so far, and I don't think there will be. But uh, so it did it did move the story along nicely. However, the director I don't remember what her name was. Um, she. She was a little artsier, a lot more like, in my opinion, gratuitously artsy in how she directed this episode. Versus, you know, as compared with the previous directors of the of the other five episodes, and whatever was about it, I'm not a I'm not a opposed to artsy, but it was it rubbed me the wrong way in a couple of instances. It just it felt like it was, she was trying too hard. I don't know. It was mm. it was odd to summarize it. It was a bit awkward for me. Okay, I can see and the you- artsy stuff. I didn't notice it as much as you did. Mm-hmm. There were some awkward conversations that I was kind of like, uh, okay, that's weird. That, that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> the thing I enjoyed this episode, I thought it was fun. In fact, I was super engaged for the first half. It's weird though, because like the first third to first half of the episode, I was like, oh my gosh, they're furthering the story. This is really interesting. I'm totally engaged. And then right around halfway through the episode, it got kind of weird and then it kind of picked back up towards the end of the episode again. And I'm like, wow, I really enjoyed this episode. I had a good time. See, 
See, for me, it was it was the first half was a little awkward, and then the second half it picked up. Let's just get these out of the way. The conversations were kind of bizarre, right? There was the the Soji and Narek conversations that yeah. are getting awkward, and I, I mean, okay, let's be honest. I, I get it. He's he's trying to play her. He's trying to cover things up. I don't understand. You know, she obviously does not trust him, or at least she's yet, she's questioning, and yet she's sleeping with him. And I'm just like, dude, seriously, you're an android. You're not that dumb. But then again, androids. <laughs> She's human. Well, uh, that's ish. the thing. So androids never had emotion except, well, Lore did, but he was crazy. So I get it. It would make sense that if she's the first android with real emotion, it would be very naive. It's such an established stereotype that young women often go for the jerk, the bad boy, oh, yeah. et cetera. And that's just kind of what this is, isn't it? I mean, she's, yeah. even though she knows he, he feels off and is probably bad news, She's attracted to him anyway. Yeah, you know. So that I, in in some ways, I think that humanizes her a little more. And and and, and, and if you think about it, that's a good fleshing out of her character in some ways. It's it's a good attribute it for is. her. It, it just makes her more relatable. Well, then, to some to some demographics, right? Sure. And then of course, you know, she's <laughs> talking about Romulan true names and all that. And Narek was like, "Oh, wow, okay, that's weird." And and but then he, he asked, <laughs> "Okay, this again, this was very awkward for me too. This this whole little conversation." He asks the question, your dream, I'm not kidding. I listened to this 10 times because I could not (laughs) understand what he was saying. I heard your dream. Was it around in creation of the brain? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like that, that's not even a real sentence. So I didn't know if he was saying something else Mm. or what, but something about, was it around whatever of the brain or was it based on actual memory? I could not understand what he was trying to say there. But I felt like that question was pretty important, whatever. And then, of course, Narek's like, wait, oh, he, he knows that Soji talks to her mom every night. Oh, and then this whole idea, <laughs> I guess, later talks about it was exactly 70 seconds long and she falls asleep every time. And how do you know this? And oh, my gosh, I but, can show you the logs. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> creeper, creates creeper, creeper. Yes. And that creates the whole part of the story as to, OK, it's finally come to a head now. Soji knows that Narek is, you know, playing her and everything else, right? So that's the awkwardness there. Then there's the whole scene with Agnes and Rios, and I was like, what? And with Elnor kind of piping in once. Yeah, so Agnes, Rios, and Elnor have this really awkward conversation shortly after her first conversation with Narek. And so there's two awkward conversations in a row in the first, like, 10 minutes of the show. But yeah, go on. Well, then, of course, you know, the whole... Agnes and Rios thing and then they they start making out and blah 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 and I'm just like what and I was like dude so now I, I mean I loved Agnes and then after the you know after last episode and the whole killing Maddox and everything else and now she's like going after Rios I'm like okay now I'm not a big fan of Agnes anymore so <laughs> I was like what an idiot man you suck well, Agnes but no that's not no, a negative but, to the show that's just more of like oh what the heck is wrong with her so we'll see what happens yeah we don't know what her deal is yet we no. can speculate all we want but what her end game is where is she coming from is she truly a bad guy or did she kill Maddox for a good reason or yep. I mean is she sleeping with Rios because she's attracted to him or is she doing it because she's playing him to some end goal is she part of this whole conspiracy with the uh romulans and the federation i don't know i mean yeah we don't know so we'll find out it all comes back to that scene when she killed maddox saying if you knew what they had shown me 
this is why I have to kill you kind of thing. It's like, okay, yeah. who showed her what and what did they show her? And yeah, there's, there's a whole mystery going on there that we'll find. It out almost eventually. sounds like she, based on that review of what she said in the last episode, the previous episode, uh, you know, it makes you think, is she one of the, what were they called? The, Oh, the Jadvash, the Jadvash, is she a Jadvash or at least a convert? I mean, is she also on board with destroying all synths and whoever creates them? I think uh, it, I mean, this is my theory is that I think she was a hundred percent in the right until Commodore O came and saw her on that grassy hill near the Daystrom Institute. I think that's when it all uh, happened. And then she showed uh, Agnes something and that's where it started. That's my theory. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't really know for sure. Of course, cause we don't, we don't know that, but well, and then the other awkward conversation and this one was kind of the big one for me was yeah. when. Rafi was trying to get the Federation credentials to be able to like land on the Romulan artifact. Yeah. To get, to get Picard onto the artifact. Yeah. yeah. That was so weird. And it was so like awkward <laughs> and out of place. And it was like, I mean, in one way it was like, okay, it's kind of funny and it almost sort reminded of. me of, okay. So I know you hated this movie, but Jupiter ascending. Oh God. I hated it with a passion. Yeah. But there was one scene in there that was actually kind of interesting. And it was the whole scene where he's trying to get her like, like citizenship. And they're running around to all the different, you know, okay, go see this person in this office and go, okay, now go see this person. Now we need this form. And it was really a funny scene. And that was really the only great scene in that whole movie. But it kind of reminded me of a poor man's version of that. Interesting. And yet it didn't really deliver. But in one hand, I was like, ah, this is, this, this is kind of interesting. And then on the other hand, I'm like, ah, I don't know what happened. And then when they started clapping for her, I was like, dude, yeah, they're totally like, mocking her. This great is great. And then I was like, oh, wait, they're not <laughs> mocking her. I'm like, wait, what? This is when she's totally drunk. And I'm like, what? It was weird. It was a it was weird very scene. odd, very awkward writing, period. I mean, obviously I say period, even though it's my opinion. It really was awkward writing. Even if, even if you liked that scene, it just yeah. was. It just was. So. That being said, I mean, there were some awkward parts in this episode, but for the most part, I mean... It was good, though, otherwise, I thought. I thought the rest of it was good, and there are people that... Whatever. The, the haters yeah. drinking the haterade, you know? Whatever. <laughs> I'm drinking the... Uh, the What was it? The, the joy aid? The positive aid? We can, we can make that one up later, but... The fun aid. The fun aid, yeah. Uh, I'm having a fun time with the show, so... The opening scene, though, with Soji's so-called memory as a young yeah. Soji, first of all, Dear Lord, that actress looked a lot like Soji. That was really good. Casting. Yes. Yes. They did a fantastic job. Is that her kid sister, her daughter? (laughs) Whatever. They did. We both noticed the same thing separately. You could really believe that was Soji as a girl. So, and I thought it was funny too, because most kid actors that represent the young character usually don't Uh look a thing like the character. Or at least very little like them. Yeah. Yeah. And this one was like, okay, good job, everyone. That was good attention to detail. So, now, my first thought, and of course, this was explained later on in the episode. My first thought is, wait, wait a minute. Soji was young. Androids don't age. What the heck? So then I thought it's probably an implanted memory, but I'm not of entirely course. sure. But of course, as the episode goes on, there's this recurring, you know, vision basically of her as a young Soji going into her father's laboratory, essentially, right. or workshop. I guess it was a workshop. And there's orchids everywhere. And, you know, she can't get past because he yells at her and. It's anyway, it's just going on and on and on. Well, we find out later, of course, and, and if you watch the episode, you already know this, that everything she scanned, you know, her pictures, her, her kid drawings, photographs, everything, her, even her, her necklace. necklace. Yeah. 37 months old. And I was like, okay, that's, that's how old she is. That's when she was constructed. And then they put all that together. 
in order to make it look like she had all these memories. And then of mm-hmm. course they, you know, Sark pushes her through the vision and she sees like a, a wooden version of her herself laying on the workshop bench. Right. Which I thought was very interesting. And then, oh my gosh, what a freaking manipulator though, making her look up and saying, what do you see? You know, when I see, well, I see two suns with lightning everywhere. And so two, then, two red moons with yeah. lightning storms. Yeah. So, so then it's like, all right, we'll find a system with two red moons, a planet, you know, with light. And of course then Rizzo goes off and does that and they total. And then, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe that. But he, here's the thing. I was actually asking this question halfway through the episode is, is Narek still really, really playing Soji or is he starting to fall for her? And I think they're, they're trying to imply the the latter. Yeah. And I saw that at the end that when he locked her in that room and then, you know, put off that radiation gas or whatever that, you know, he's crying and he's obviously torn. Like, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. So interesting. I'm starting. I'm going to wonder though, is, is Narek going to turn and is he going to eventually turn on his sister and help Soji? And I hope actually that that's the case. I hope he redeems himself because that would be kind of cool, but we'll see. We're clearly meant to think that that's a possibility. They're they're yeah. clearly steering us towards that. Is he going to betray that creeper sister of his and and yeah. uh, end up helping Soji in the end? I think that's the way it's going to go because mm-hmm. it's kind of formulaic. But you never know that they might surprise us. Who knows? Speaking of creeper sister, dude, Rizzo is annoying the heck out of me, man. <laughs> I don't like her as a character. And and but yeah. to be fair, I've seen that actress in a bunch of different shows and. Nothing against her. I'm sure she's a wonderful woman. I just have <laughs> never liked her in any role that I've ever seen her in. And I don't know if it's because she's cast that way or if that's just her act. I don't know what it is, but I've just never been a fan of her characters. And she was in, what was it? The Tomorrow People. I loved that show, by the way. It was one of the coolest shows and they canceled it, but I never liked her character in that either. So it's just, eh, I don't yeah. know. But again, she's supposed to be annoying. She's supposed to be this horrible, awkward, weird creepy sister so you know maybe actually she's doing the right job who knows but here's a bit of star trek lore we can discuss at one point when soji is scanning all her items to then and finding out that she's only 37 months old and starting to freak freak out about it she has an art box with you know supplies in it and whatever and it has on the cover it has the adventures of flotter yay and i wanted you to talk about the significance of that i'd never heard of it and i guess it does have a place in star trek lore yes so the adventures of flotter was or is uh, if you want to put it that way it's a series of children's hollow programs it was set in the forest of forever where colorful characters like flotter who's blue by the way trevis stinger and the ogre of fire a represent these are all representations of natural elements or forces of nature by the way hmm. they would help to teach deductive reasoning skills to children now where hmm. the adventures of flotter first is really seen and also utilized essentially in the story was in star trek voyager naomi wildman if you guys if whoever's seen voyager you know who naomi wildman was she was the the main child on the on the voyager at the time she would go and go into the holodeck and do a bunch of flotter episodes and at one point there was a pretty intense episode when um, naomi's mom dies sorry spoiler alert (laughs) it was a 90s show people anyway her mom dies and pretty sad moment and she uses flotter as kind of an escape it's actually a pretty powerful episode. And then of course, um, Neelix becomes her godfather. I think it's a cool thing. And they, so they utilized the whole flotter thing in that, but it's, it's a little bit of a nod to it. It was on the screen for only a second, but it was there long enough for me to notice it. And I knew that had to be another little tidbit. I I figured it had to be. And so that was gratifying to find out. Yeah. Thanks for catching that though. A couple things about that. I noticed when Picard, 
you know, he was really struggling when they finally, you know, when, when Rafi got him his credentials and lost a friend in the process and he beamed, you know, he had to beam by himself to a specific location on the cube Yeah. before he went. And while he was there, he was really having trouble coming to, to grips with his past as Locutus. Yeah. And there was a scene where they, <sighs> where they superimposed Locutus's face, you know, a young Picard, yeah. you know, gorgified Picard's face over his, you know, you could see through the screen to his old face. That was a really good scene. I, th- I thought that was very powerful Dude, when they did that. That scene gave me chills. Like literal, I, I had goosebumps and chills because I thought that was one of the coolest things they have ever done in this show yet. Yeah. It was so freaky and so powerful. I mean, because I grew up with Picard first becoming Locutus, you know, and this was way, but again, I, I was watching this, you know, as the show came out essentially. So yeah. you'd never seen anything like this in Star Trek. You know, when, when Picard became a Borg and it was the end of the season. Of yeah. Season very, three. very last scene of the season. Yeah. Three, yeah. And he goes, <laughs> you know, Riker says, Mr. War fire. And you're like, oh my gosh, Patrick Stewart's off the show because they just didn't do stuff like that back then. Yeah. And, and, and there were rumors around like Patrick Stewart's done. Like they're, they're killing off Picard and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And everybody freaked out over the summer. And then, you know, season four came in and it was just like, Oh my gosh. And then, you know, they got him back, but it was like, they'd never done that. So going through that, going through the emotion as a fan and also with Patrick Stewart's character, you know, going through that, it was a powerful time. And then of course his whole experience with the Borg throughout the rest of the next generation. And then also in star Trek first contact, of course, which, you know, his, Oh man, those, those flashes with, with, yeah, with the Borg queen. And they showed those in this, in this episode too, which I thought was really amazing, but I'm just like, Oh my gosh, that was so cool. The flashbacks were incredible. Wow. So incredible, incredible job. Everybody that was involved with this for doing that in this episode, I thought it was phenomenal. His, his interaction with Hugh, that was so cool because he's like, Oh my gosh, it's Hugh. And then they get on and yes, he's on the Borg cube. He's freaking out. They catch him. They're actually there to help him, which I thought was really, really cool. Right. And then Hugh steps in and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see, you know, each other essentially. And that was such an amazing scene. And then I got to just say this at the same time, because like these are the these are the two main scenes that just took me to like, wow, this was an awesome episode for me was that Locutus superimposed scene. And then also the scene where Hugh is showing Picard around and saying, we are reclaiming these Borg. We are, we're undoing the assimilation. And then you, you hear Picard say that I've never seen the, the assimilation undone on this level, but this scale, basically dissimilation, dissimilation. Yeah, whatever. And they, and they didn't say that. They just said like, they, they called it like a, a assimilation undone or something. That was really weird, but almost too right. many words, but yes, like de-assimilation. And then him looking at Hugh and saying, like, you are doing incredible work. Like you're you're saving these people. This is amazing. And like for for Picard to validate Hugh so much, mm-hmm. especially with and the history Hugh, that he had with Hugh, you know, in the next generation. And Hugh really appreciated it. So Oh man, it was just like this is some of the best parts of Star Trek that I've seen in so long because it has such history. And yeah. it, it's it's history of pain, suffering, and like heinousness. And now look, it's it's come to it's helping people and you're seeing redemption yep. and you're seeing hope now. So cool. So, so cool. So I want to bring this up then when Hugh, so he, you know, he meets you, they give a, have a big hug. Hugh's showing him around. They intercept Soji. Okay. So she had escaped from that secret chamber that the Romulans do their 
Yeah. All, all the other races seem to have some kind of meditative ritual. They the go through to, to, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Chop that wood. Soji, when she's sitting, I'm like, chop yeah. that wood, chop that wood. Yeah. So, so she breaks out. She busts through the floor <sighs> when, when, uh, when Narek's trying to kill her. Yep. And you know, obviously she has now been triggered just like Dodge was activated. Uh, she, she busts through the floor, jumps down Picard and Hugh interceptor. Hugh takes them to a, the queen's chamber in the cube. Yeah. And Hugh says something that made me want to ask you about yes. this. Uh, what did Hugh mean when he said, only now our queen is Rom- This is the queen's chamber, but yeah. only now our queen is Romulan. Does Romulus have a queen? I have I no idea what that was. That was weird because okay. he said, only now our queen is a Romulan. And so right. I'm wondering, like, first of all, was the Borg queen a Romulan? And did they de-assimilate her? And so now she's a Romulan? Or that was is it that one was the queen Ramda? Remember Ramda the from Mm -hmm. the episode two or whatever uh, when that that Soji was interviewing when Ramda first appeared on the Borg cube. Mm -hmm. I I was actually like that's not the Borg queen actress is it because it looks a lot like her and sounds a lot like her and I realized no it's not the same actress at all but I was like I wonder if they were trying to say like this used to be the Borg queen because they looked so similar and they sounded so Mm. similar. I don't yeah, I never, think that's the I case. That. It also could have been something as innocent as that. We had a Borg queen and now our quote, our quote queen end quote is Romulan, meaning like our Romulan leader is a woman. I don't know. This conversation does remind us that what, what Ramda said in that episode was she kept implying that Soji was something called the destroyer. Yeah. I predicted in the last episode or the episode before that, that if she's the destroyer and are, are the Borg, the minions that she's going to command, kind of a reminder of what was said in a previous episode that was that comment by Hugh had something to do with that. I don't know. So yeah, I don't know either. But then they escape through a Borg trajector, which is just a, cool. it's like a teleporter portal to some planet. I, I never, I, I listened to it several times. I couldn't get the name of that planet. You know, it um, sounded like Rurapenthe, but I realized that that's not what they said. They said like a Penthe or Erprint. It was weird, but it was Penthe yeah. was, which Rurapenthe is Klingon. That's a, like a mining, frozen mining moon. But Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they said either, but they did say that the trajector has a range of up to 40,000 light years, which I thought yeah. was really Long incredible. Ways. So who knows where they went, but they, I mean, one way or the other Rios knew where it was and they're going to meet yep. him there, but I don't know why Elnor stayed around. That didn't make any sense to me. Like he could have <laughs> easily gone through. Well, no, but the card insisted. No, wait, what, what was it? Uh, no, how he did that insisted. go? Elnor insisted to stay behind and, that's hold right. them back, but he didn't need to hold them back. That's the thing. Like Picard, I mean, they, they had plenty of time that he could have gone through and then Hugh could have cleaned up and moved on and said, they attacked me or I don't know, but yeah, exactly. Good point. Whatever. I don't know. That was weird, but one way or the other, <laughs> I love Elnor. He's amazing. He does, but I love at the very end. It's like, it's just black screen. And all you hear is please, my friends choose to live. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what a good way wow. to end the episode. <laughs> but I thought, I mean, overall, I thought it was a really, really fun one. Of course, now we find that Narek finally tells Soji, you're not real. You never were. You know, she becomes activated. Right. She's she's super now. It's amazing. Hopefully she'll trust Picard. I don't really know. There was another great question that I thought was really, really good is what does the Tal Shiar need from a synth? When they were talking about that ritual, you know, to get Soji's memories and they get to tab the ritual. I'm like, oh, they're going to slide across the floor on their socks. Again. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> Like, oh, I, but no. I knew they wouldn't. I knew that that would yeah. be way too campy for them to do that. But I thought that I was like, I'm glad what, is he going to have her slide across the room with her socks? Yeah. 
Oh that's funny. Gosh. I still want to know what's going on with Soji and her quote mom, who's obviously not a mom at all. It's right, like a programmer right. or something. But I want to know what that's all about. The yeah. other thing to throw in is um, Rios mentions the old neutral zone yeah. just kind of in passing. So we know now that the old neutral zone is gone. By the way, we're talking about Rios's ship. We saw it in one yeah, small saw, scene, we, but that was it. We got a better yeah. shot of it, but we still don't know what it's called. Yeah. Agnes is lying to Picard. Interesting. Again, this was very much a Picard centered episode around the Borg. He's still incredibly angry about the Borg and around the Borg and everything. And obviously what's, what surprised me is how fearful he was in this episode compared to some of the next generation episodes. He wasn't fearful. He was bitter and angry and he had bad memories, of course. And in first contact, he was vehemently angry. You know, that that's when Lily in, in Star Trek, first contact comparing Picard to captain Ahab. But I was kind of surprised how, how fear, how angry and fearful he was about this. Uh, and then it later, he goes on to say that was a very long time ago and it really was. Yeah. And so, he emphasized yeah. very long time ago and yeah. he is, his, his symptoms were more like along the lines of what I would consider PTSD almost. Yeah. He showed symptoms more along those lines than previous. So, I mean, based on the the storyline timeline, it would have been, let's see, it was about 20 or so years since, you know, he lost his commission essentially as a Starfleet officer, which was a little beyond his time with the Enterprise basically in Nemesis. So mm-hmm. let's say that's 25 years. I'm just kind of guessing here. And then between Nemesis and the time that he got taken like as a Borg and and became assimilated was about 12 to 13 years. Okay. So you're looking at, let's say 35 to 40 years ago ish. Wow. So that is a very long time, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. for him to have that level of PTSD still is, is kind of interesting actually. So man, but it it was only triggered when he was, you know, near the Borg cube. True. So yeah, which makes sense. So it it does. And it's interesting that I'm glad they brought that up and I'm, I'm, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that, but yeah, well, there you go. But, and next episode, folks, William Riker. Yes, and hopefully Troy comes in. I yeah, they're married, so I think I think she's there. Yeah, yeah. I know. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, I like again. I liked it. I know you didn't like it as much. Um, I thought there were just so many cool things that they did in this. And again, as a as a hardcore TNG fan, to me, this was really cool. Yeah, talking with you about it on this review made me like it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it, it reminded me all the good parts especially centered around Picard. So if, if you get past the awkward conversations in the first half of the <laughs> half of the episode, yeah. the rest of the episode's just fine. Yeah. So yeah. Well, there you go. So I uh, hope you're enjoying the show too. I mean, what's been funny is how many people have been listening to our reviews. I, I'm absolutely blown away actually, which is cool. And yeah. I've been getting some interesting commentary from listeners saying, you know, Hey, thanks so much. This has been a lot of fun. And I think people might be uh, a little surprised at how much of a loser I am with all the, <laughs> TNG knowledge. <laughs> I wouldn't call a loser, Brian. Come oh on now. man, no, it's been really fun though to talk about this, and and it's it is it's actually been helpful. It is, and it's a it's a bizarre joy that I'm having doing this because like I am nerding out on things that I haven't nerded out on in a long time in a way that I yeah. haven't ever nerded out before. So it's been fun. So thank you for allowing us to do this, and I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes, and hopefully you're enjoying Star Trek Picard as well. But you know what the music means? Oh yeah, time to go. Well, we will be back with more. We're going to obviously finish off the season with this. And of course, we got our Friday episode. So join us on that. And even more, as I mentioned, we're starting back with TRB Unleashed. 
the uh, the interviews and all that March 16th. Can't wait. So thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful rest of your day today. And this is The Real Brian Show signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.